From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. Just as everyone's individual breast cancer diagnosis is different, everyone's life circumstances when they're diagnosed is also different. The emotional support of family, friends, and others can be important to help you go through the diagnosis, treatment, and recovery. You might also have to lean on others to help with childcare or help with other daily chores. Costs related to breast cancer can also quickly become a financial burden. Even if you have insurance and your copayment for a single bill is low, these costs can add up if you get many bills from just one procedure from multiple departments included in your treatments. It's okay to ask for help, and there are many resources available for people with breast cancer. Today's guest is Sharika Allen. Sharika is a young, independent mother who advocated for herself when she knew that something wasn't quite right and had to learn to ask for help along the way. She's here today to tell her story. Sharika, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, I'm excited uh, to talk. I love that description that you're an independent young mother. I like that's a good description. That's I like that. Yes, I love that description. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, that's that's what we're looking for here. It's going to be great. So let's start from the beginning. Uh, how did you know that something was wrong, and what was the process like of being diagnosed with breast cancer? Wow, knowing something was wrong was actually just being self-aware and knowing my body. Um, I felt the lump and people told me, well, it, maybe it's always been there. And just me being aware of my body, um, I can't stress that enough is how you should be aware of your body. I knew that that lump had not been there. And I, I just voiced that till I couldn't voice it no more that it just had not been there. The process was, um, Fairly easy, given the circumstances. I say that because um, when I got diagnosed, it's right when coronavirus hit. So I did everything alone. I went to the doctor alone. Um, I just did everything alone. And it was fairly easy. Um, I initially went to the uh, gynecologist and I told her something was wrong. And of course, because of my age at the time, I was 28. She was like, oh, you're too young. But she trusted me enough to just go with the process. And it was, it went off pretty quickly. It was, um, you're too young to let's go next door right now to get a mammogram to it's breast cancer. Let's go ahead and find a doctor. It went like, I think I found the lump in February, May the 1st, I had my first chemo. Mm. So it went pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so, so what did you do next? I mean, how did you even process the information once you found out that you had breast cancer? I mean, I, like walk through that process for us. Um, I had already knew that it was breast cancer. I know that sounds crazy. Like, how did you know? You don't know. I knew. I just felt it. Like even um, after telling everybody and they was like, oh, it could be benign. I just knew. Um, how did I process it? I process everything the same way. I kind of just stay to myself until I can just wrap my head around what was happening. After um, I did the mammogram and the doctor told me it was breast cancer, before we even did the biopsy, she was like, it's breast cancer and it's pretty bad. I came back to work. Wow. And um, I, I know that car ride back um, from the doctor to work was quiet. And I came back to work and I told um, a work friend, 
that I had breast cancer and I cried. And then after I stopped crying, I came in my office and I closed the door and I was like, we got to get through this because you got a kid. So whatever it is, it's just, it is. And you just going to have to suck it up and we're going to get through it. And that's how I processed it. And that's how I maintained it throughout the whole journey. Um, Cause it's a hard journey. So anytime that I got sad was, we just going to have to get through it because you have a kid and that's, that's it. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great way to look at it. Uh, kids are a, an amazing motivator in so many ways, right? <laughs> so many ways. Yeah. And so you mentioned uh, that you started, I think you said you mentioned you started chemo in May. So what was that treatment like and, and kind of what's your, what's your treatment status now? Um, I'm in remission now. Um, so no treatment. I go to the doctor once a month. I mean, once a year until if, if something comes up, but right now, Luckily, nothing's come up. We're good. Um, chemo. Chemo was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. This mm. is the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life. And I've been through a lot. And I felt like childbirth was going to kill me. So this <laughs> was worse than childbirth. I'll do childbirth over and over again before I decide to ever want to go through this. Chemo was hard. It was hard. Um, I recorded a lot during chemo of videos of just me crying to myself because it was hard. And it's something that you just feel like you can't beat physically. Like, you know, like you, like no practice. If you can't do no practice. Like if I'm bad at basketball, I could just practice and practice until I get it. it. It wasn't like that with chemo. It was just like you forced, you was forced to go through it. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done. And I had six rounds of it. It was so hard for me that I only did five. And I told my oncologist, I cannot do another round of chemo. I'm sorry. This is it. My body will not um, be able to take another round. Um, it's a lot mentally, too. I think probably if I would have stayed in the mindset of you have to do it, then I could have done. But mentally and physically, I was tired. Mm, yeah. Wow. That sounds like a lot. And so... When you were going through all of that, did you have a good support system to help you through it? Yes, I did. Um, you, I, you have to have a good support system to get through this. I don't understand or see how people could do it alone. Um, and I'm very strong. I consider myself a very strong individual and I get through a lot of things by myself. But some days were just extremely harder than others. And I needed that extra push or that extra help. Or someone who just, just sat on the bed and watched me cry. You know, just uh, someone there in the physical being. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And that's that's so important. I mean, we've I've talked to so many people on this podcast that recognize that that, that community, that support structure is just so critical uh, to, to just health and mental health in general, right? Yes. So uh, so you were, you know, your, your young mother going through this. I mean, how were you able to balance being able to take care of your son and go through chemo on the hard days? Um, he helped me through the hard days, <laughs> um, which is so funny. Um, he would say, um, today is chemo day. So he knew. Um, mm. And at the time, he was like three or four. He knew it, it, if it's a chemo day, we're going to just lay in a bed. He's very independent as well. And he would grab the iPad. You know, kids are addicted to YouTube. And he gets the YouTube. <laughs> and he'll lay next to me and we'll just um, thug it out. I lived alone because um, I didn't want help. I wanted help, 
but I didn't want help. If that makes any sense. I mm. stayed in my own place. I, and I wanted to maintain his life. I didn't want his life to stop because mm. of what I was going through. So mm-hmm. I went to work every day. Um, I, he went to daycare every day. He played soccer. He did any extracurricular activities that he wanted to do. And if I needed a minute, I would take a minute, like those five or 10 minutes and didn't know, like, let me, let me regroup and then I'm coming. And I just mentally forced myself to do it. Like, tell myself, you have no choice. He depends on you. So you got to do it. Mm. And that's how I got through it. Yeah. I mean, that, like, like we've said earlier, I mean, kids are an amazing motivator and, and you can, you can summon a lot more strength, I think, recognizing that they need you. Right. Yes. Cause mm. I don't think, I don't, given the circumstances, if it was different and I didn't have him, I don't know if I would have had so much um, strength and, mm. and that, that mindset of you got to do it. I think I probably would have been like, Oh no, I'm just mm. over it. No, but he kept me going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's great. So, so we talked about, you know, support of friends and family. I also want to talk about financial support because not only does Komen help fund research, but Komen also helps in other ways. Uh, and a couple of those, you know, being providing resources online or assistance if someone has financial difficulties. So I understand that you utilize some of Komen's services. Tell me about that experience and, and what was that like for you? Um, it's an experience. Um, it's, still, it's not a lot of funds out there. You know, you think like cancer and all these people donating. And then once you're in it, you're like, hey, or if it is funds out there, they make you jump through hoops, like send me your doctor's notes, send me this, send me that. It's like a long list of stuff you have to send. Um, so when I found the Coleman um, financial help, I didn't think it was going to work if I just being quite honest. I was like, oh, this is not going to work. I'm wasting my time, but I'm going to do it anyway. And the same day, they emailed me back and was like, you got approved. What? And same day approval? Mo- you can't get same day approval for anything. <laughs> <laughs> and your money will be in your account tomorrow. And tomorrow, the next day, the money was in the account. And it was very easy and it was very smooth. And it, they didn't ask for like a lot of documentation. It was pretty easy and smooth. Just send over, have your doctor send over a, your treatment plan or like just a statement saying you're going through it. And I did. And it was just a, like a little something simple, nothing too major. And the same day, like I said, same day approval. It was very easy. Um, I actually met someone going through this who was, um, we were going through, we had the same kind of cancer. We were going through it together. And I texted her. I was like, hey, try this. And then she tried it. And she was like, oh, I got approved. It was very, extremely easy. Mm, wow. And I mean, helpful. That is- that's fantastic. That's so good to hear. I mean, it's you can't even get a bank account in the same day. Like that's fantastic. So <laughs> I love that. Okay. Well, you know, and and I really love uh, you know the aspect of your story about how you you advocated for yourself along the way. I mean, and not just with your own health when people really weren't taking you seriously, but then also, I mean, you have you took the time to advocate for yourself to get the financial support that you needed as well, right? And, and I think that's a, a huge part of your story. Um, so why do you think that's so important and what do you want our listeners to know about that? that? Advocating for yourself is so important because we are all human. So in some sense, someone can make a mistake. It can be overlooked. Things can be not taken as serious. So you need to advocate for yourself, especially if you feel something is wrong health-wise. Because I was already at stage three with it had moved to my lymph nodes. 
And had I not advocated for myself, my doctor wanted me to wait another three to four months to come back. And it could have spread it more. Mm. Um, so the advocating for myself, I do truly believe saved my life. Mm. Advocating for others and financial, it'll just help you in the situation. Having that self-doubt would have made me miss out on the finances I needed at that time. Um, so I just feel like the listeners should advocate for yourself, advocate for the ones around you, advocate for people down the street you don't know who you think might be in a situation or who you feel like. It is a, just advocate because it is, it hits home when it's, when it's you, when it's your family, but you don't know how many millions of people go through it. When I walked into the chemo room the first day, I text my mom and was like, there's so many people in here. And I had no idea that it was even a cancer center. It was, it was set up like that. It was so many people that go through it. But, but along my journey, I've realized so many people every day is affected and they need help. We need help. And we, it doesn't hurt to help the next person. Mm, that's right. It never hurts to help the next person. I love that. I love that mentality. So, well, I mean, this has been amazing. I mean, do you have any final advice you'd like to share with our listeners? Yes, if you can. It doesn't matter if it's $5, $25, $30. Please donate. And please, 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 please know your body and advocate for yourself. Because you're helping yourself. You're helping someone. And we all need that help. Mm. That is, I mean, that's a perfect summation right there. Uh, donate and, and advocate. That's a, that's a good, that's a good way to think about it. Donate <laughs> and advocate. Yeah. Donate all and right. advocate. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, Sharika, such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today and just for sharing your story and your life with us. And, uh, and just thank you for, for all that you're doing. No, thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for the opportunity. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com.